welcome to Sherry the Doula. I'm Sherry. I'm Josh. We are parents and professionals on the Sunshine Coast. And on this podcast, we talk openly and honestly about pregnancy, parenting, marriage, sex, raising children together, and all the ups and downs along the way. Sherry is a registered and practicing doula, supporting women and their partners before, during, and after birth. And Josh is a high school teacher at a Steiner school, teaching maths, history, and everything in between. Thanks for joining us today. Parenting does have challenges, absolutely. Um, but I think it depends on your perspective on it because you can either look at, you know, in, and once again, this is obviously from, from our experience and, and right now from my experience specifically, you have days that are really challenging and, and can seem really sucky, but it's almost guaranteed that in that day, there's going to be something good, whether it's your kid smile at you or mm. grabbed your hand or, you know, giggled or, or, or had, you know, you know, rolled over or just did something interesting or you just had a moment of going, wow, you know, I love you or, 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 or having a moment of connection. And for me, I've tried really hard rather than on, on, like, on like the shitty days, which do happen, rather than going, oh, gee, that was a shitty day. That sucked. This was bad. This was bad. This was bad. That was bad. To go, oh, this good thing happened. Yeah, to and just pick one part of your yeah, day that it can just be one thing. Joy, yeah, it can just be one thing. And 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 for me, I think that's why I I can honestly say for me, parenting is only ten percent as hard as people say that it is. Number one, because people say it's really really hard and really sucky, and they like to talk up a lot of the bad things. I don't know what it is about us that makes us do that. Oh yeah, we love but it. The other thing is, is because you can actually choose to just see it differently. Now, I don't at all want to discount anyone's experience who, who is really struggling with it because it is hard, but trust that it gets better. It will get better and things will change. Yeah. Sometimes that means that you need more support around you or you need to access um, you know, additional care, yeah. um, you know, counselling and different services like that. Uh, and sometimes it just takes time, but it will get better. Yeah. Um, and sleep is, sleep is just another one of those things in that, you know, <clears throat> I mean, our, our kids are asleep right now. I know. Um, it's a miracle. I love yeah, it. Like but, these days they do sleep. Yeah. But even, even, even these days with one being five in a few days and the other being, being three, um, you know, there are still days when the nights when they're, they're still up at like 1130. Yeah. Even if we put them, we put them to bed before then. <laughs> I mean, put them to bed at, you know, whatever time we put them to bed and they're up hours and hours later. And then other days they crash out like crazy. Some days, you know, last night our eldest was up. There's nights where they're up multiple times. And then there's nights where they'll sleep until 8 a.m. And it all just, it's just all, it's all just what it is. Well, it's just remembering that kids are humans. Mm. Like, we have days where we don't sleep. We have days where we just, for the life of us, cannot get to sleep. And then you fall into that, like, rage pattern where you know you're awake and then you're stressed about the fact that you have to get up in X amount of hours and then you're mad at yourself that you're not sleeping. Yeah. Oh, it's a vicious cycle. And if you are um, struggling with, with helping your child get to sleep, there are a couple of different things that you can do. I mean, the classic, I think, is putting uh, your baby in, in the car, in a car seat and, and going for a drive. Now, that is not the be-all and end-all solutions. And there are, there are a couple of things that are really good about it. And some things which are not so great about it. Uh, we had a lot of success with this with um, our, our eldest. <clears throat> to this day, sleeps like crazy in the car. Loves um, it. Which is really good. Just just the, like the, the worst thing in the world for our youngest. Oh, yeah, hated, hated it. it. Didn't work at all. And I remember um, on this one particular night was when I was like, oh, wow, this really doesn't work. Uh, we lived in, uh, where were we living? Kaluan at the time. Yeah. We lived in Kaluan. And I, I chucked in the car. 
and I drove from Kaluan to Coolum. That's right. To oh my God. to to back to Coolum to Noosa, and back. To Kaluan, and he still wasn't asleep. So where did I go from there? For anyone not oh. in the area, this is already like oh yeah, yeah, yeah two yeah. hours worth of driving. Yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> so yeah. So Kaluan to uh, Kaluan was like thirty k, another thirty k back, uh, and you know a bit over fifty to Noosa, another fifty back, and then I went somewhere else. I don't I even remember where that was, and I eventually ended up in Malulabar, which is another you know fifteen or so k's away from. Uh, Kaluan, having been driving, I think at that point for maybe three and a half hours, four hours or so, <laughs> oh my God. and he he fell asleep right as the sun was coming up. So I pulled up uh, to a, a cafe where I could park like two meters away from the cafe, and I sat at a table and had a coffee. And I seem to recall uh, there was a uh, an older lady there and uh, and her partner, and I think they they could just tell. You know, they, they knew. Is that because he walked in looking like I, a I guess so. Total... And I think they must have looked and, and, and seen our youngest, you know, sleeping in the car seat just, just next to where my table was. And they just instantly knew. And I shared the story. And they're like, ah, oh, you know, da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm not always going to advocate uh, the car trips because, number one, it doesn't always work. But also, if you're really tired, yeah, driving in the middle of the night in an effort to put your child to sleep may not be the safest idea. Yeah. Because if it's going to put them to sleep, it may put you to sleep too, which is not what you want to be doing when you're driving. No. Um, so if you're going to do that, just take steps to, to look after yourself. Have a, a, you know, make sure you've got a bottle of water or listen to some music or, or, or this podcast uh, <laughs> or something, something to, to keep you going. Um, another thing you can do is use, we used a gym ball yeah. um, once again on our eldest amazing our youngest could not give two flying fucks nah. that i was bouncing him for two and a half hours straight on the gym ball yeah. while singing wait which was i singing mary had a little lamb or oh, abc but they're basically the same thing yeah one to of the them. to the point where i lost my voice and i was just going <laughs> you get into like this like oh, psychotic man. rhythm it's absolutely the worst. Anyway, but but uh... you know your child may absolutely love sitting on the gym ball with you either holding them or having them, you know, wrapped up or in some sort of carrier yeah. and just bouncing away. And I absolutely love it. The um, only thing I, I will say definitely don't try is any kind of sleeping medication if you can avoid it. Just because it's hard to get that right, I think. Mm. That can be tricky. I mean, yeah. take it yourself if you're struggling. But <laughs> yeah. maybe not a kid. Anyway, so yeah. that's, um, so that's uh, sleep, uh, you know, yeah. our opinions on sleep. And the, oh, actually, a quick note on that as well. You get a lot of advice saying to sleep when the baby sleeps, um, which is awesome. And if you can, go for it. Oh, man, as soon as you can sleep, go and sleep. Um, don't worry about the house. The house will still be dirty, and that's fine. Hmm. You will feel so much better because you have sleep, and then you can function for the next 12 hours. Um, I will say for my people who can't sleep during the day, I'm one of those people, and mm. so when my kids went down for a nap, I would lie down, and no matter how tired I was, I could not sleep if the sun was up. Mm. Um, and I guess I just will say, try not to stress about the fact that you're not sleeping, and just rest. Even if you don't sleep, do something restful, because your body will mm. still regenerate itself and, and be better off. Even if you're just resting, if that means popping on a movie or reading a book, 
Yeah, or, or sitting outside for a bit if you can outside. as well. Sitting outside. Really good, because you may have not been outside for a bit. Yeah, just rejuvenate your body. Mm. Yeah. But also if you, you know, sleeping when the baby's sleeping is excellent, but also it, it is probably worth as well for a lot of people taking a little bit of time to yourself, mm. even just 10 or 20 minutes or so to do whatever it is, have, have a little bit of you time. And that and that goes for uh, for both mums and partners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we are, this episode is going for quite a lot longer than we, we normally care to. I remember back in the, yeah, our first one, we like, oh, we'll try to keep it under we'll 30 minutes. We'll try to keep minutes. it at 20 minutes. Yeah, okay, so that obviously oh didn't happen. Oh my God. Uh, so maybe let's talk uh, quickly about um, nutrition, your yeah. nutrition crash course, uh, vaginal care, uh, and then we'll talk about sex. Yay. And then we'll wrap it up. I so, love sex. <clears throat> nutrition, we talked about food prep and things earlier. Yeah. Uh, is there anything in particular that mums should definitely go for or mm. try to avoid um you know in the first few days or weeks or so after birth yeah okay so uh, straight after birth um you are going to be starving and if you're breastfeeding you're going to be so hungry um so the biggest thing you can do in those early days and weeks is lots of healthy fats mm. so lots of avocados using olive oil um nuts that sort of kind of healthy... What about fish? Yeah, fish. It's really good. All of it is really good. Healthy fats are really, really good postpartum. Uh, it's going to help with your breastfeeding production as well. Um, the other thing is having really warm foods. So really, I'm not talking spicy because that's going to super backfire. You just mean temperature warm? I mean temperature warm. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, like warm lentil dals and stews and easy to digest warm food. So you want to also help your digestive system out because that first, <laughs> the first poo after a baby is like... This is for, for mum, you mean? Mum's mom? first poo. Holy moly, is it just like one of the major events of your life? Mm. Not because it is terrible, but because your mind, your mind mucks with you. It's daunting. It's daunting because you have to like bear down just like you were doing 12 hours ago with that baby that you pushed out. Ah. It's a really big mental trip. So can you could like I you know, don't want to put like you on the spot, but can you share in, in your, my poo stories? Well, yeah, because I don't think we've actually ever really talked about. It. I oh remember you were God. like it was like a big deal, oh, and you yeah. were eating lots and lots of pears. But like, yeah. So so talk to me about that about you know your first poo post so, baby. <laughs> I was insane about it. I bought stool softeners. I took stool softener tablets. Stool is another word for poo. If you didn't know, yeah, and. Because I was I was concerned. Mm. I was that worried. I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to, like... Because I felt like, for some reason, I had this fear that if I pooed, my vagina would just fall out. Mm. <laughs> Which... A common problem. Common problem. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. We well, obviously, a... it didn't. I can confirm... Can confirm that it's still your, your vagina, your yoni is still there it's and still beautiful there. and delicious. Thank you. Good. Good to know. Um... <laughs> but I was terrified. And so I, yeah, I got on the pears, all of the fiber, everything. And then I actually, I remember when I like could feel it brewing and I went and took a shower, took a hot shower. I like relaxed. I got you to have the baby and I took like 20 minutes in the bathroom. Which for you is unusual. Which for me is very, they feel like there are plenty of people out there who don't that's like, like me super and like normal. shit for like an hour. You you were on there for an hour every time. I swear. It's me time. It's you time. Anyway, this That's is about your, your poo. Not but mine. I'm like a I'm a bit of a speed 
speed pooer. <laughs> Except for that time you needed the poop knife. <laughs> I never needed the poop knife. And oh, yeah. The time the poop was... knife would have been helpful. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a whole other story about chia seeds and a bad pelvic floor. That might come out in a different episode. Really, well, it didn't really... come out, did it? It didn't come It was a great story. I'm not going to share it right now. I'm already <laughs> sharing enough about my bowels. Right. <laughs> Sorry. But, back to the first poop. Oh, my God. You had a shower. You took 20 shower, minutes. I took 20 minutes. And I literally did all of the, um, the postures that you're supposed to do to get a poo to come out. Because you're meant to sit... With like your, knees up like a little. knees up yeah it's really hard to like explain on a podcast but i think knees up is knees up so yeah you don't want to just like sit normally you got to like bring you your knees up you want to hunch over yeah and you've almost got to you want to do like a little squat almost or maybe put a little stool in front of the stool, stool under your under your feet actually that's just, just like like a step stool not more poo not <laughs> yeah like a stepping stool underneath your feet and yeah and so I how did to, it go well i had to really breathe through it yeah. and like i gave myself a pep talk and I just tried to, like, open everything up. <laughs> did you sing your poo song? Oh, my God. I probably did, actually, because that's always my go-to. I have a... Okay, listeners. My dear listeners are going to find this revolting. I have a, I have a poo song, and I've used it for nigh on a decade now, I reckon. Well, close to, because, yeah, you came up with it, I think, in our maybe our second month of marriage. Yeah. Um, it's a poo that I... It's a poo. <laughs> it's, it's a poo. song. It's a song that I sing... When you're to trouble to guide my poos to the world, the mm. surface. It's quite Please creative, actually. Come out, little poo. Oh, that's like the, the kind of like cutest but grossest you part. out of my bum, little poo. <laughs> Please don't be afraid, little poo. <laughs> okay, so so for context, your context, we're we're like. Not like quite like just married, but I'm pretty Fresh. sure this was like two months in or in Fresh the second married. month, right? Oh my Where God. we're in our uh, in our apartment, we're renting in uh, the Richard or CBD uh, Emporio. <laughs> um, <clears throat> shout out to Emporio. I loved Emporio. You hated it anyway. Uh, and we had uh, you had this bathroom. It's just us, no kids. And yeah, Sherry goes to the bathroom, um, which is just like opens into the into the living room. Um, and uh, is is in there for a little while and is talking to me about how this poo won't come out. Um, <laughs> I'm a very open person. Yeah, and uh, and I was I'm not sure what I was doing pottering around. Um, anyway, and then suddenly this haunting melody starts <laughs> drifting out of the dark bathroom, <laughs> and it's Sherry, and I look I look in there and she's sitting like a sort of like a nervous frog <laughs> up on the toilet, both in disposition and in posture, so, serenading her feces. It worked though. It worked. That's the thing. Yeah, after like your fourth or fifth <coughs> verse, there was this little plop, and there it was okay. in all of its glory. All right, so back to back to um, <laughs> post birth super poo. Super poos. All right, so so in ter- in terms of like you know you obviously you you're um, uh, you're you're nervous about the the state of your vagina and how it's going to go with the poo. So is there anything uh, you said you mentioned you took uh, stool softeners? Yeah. Uh, you talk about diet, you ate pears uh, and, and tried to get on fiber. Is there anything else that um, you know, women can do to, to help with this 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 poo? I'll stay hydrated. Stay Drink hydrated. lots of water, which is great because if you're if you're choosing to breastfeed, obviously you need heaps of water. You need like three liters of water a day. Well you need that while anyway. You're, while you're breastfeeding. Well I thought it was two liters and then three if you're breastfeeding. I think it depends on your weight. Well you being not as large as some other people. You can probably get away with two. Yeah. I think according to my weight, I should drink, like, 
1.8 litres a day or something. Right, so maybe have an extra small. few litres of water a day. Yeah, but drink lots of water because that will help keep everything, you know, moist. Mm. Great word. Um, and that that's really helpful. And I think, yeah, just keeping your fibres up. So try and stay away from, you know, the raw salads and hard carrots and that sort of thing. Stick with, you know. Oranges. Yeah. Oranges, pears, pears dates. Or is prunes? Any of the above. Yeah. And this wasn't, what was, do you remember what day it was? Like how, because it took a couple of days, didn't it? Before it your, a, it your food to manifest. So for me, it, it was quite a few days because I was a bit hung up about it. Mm, I think I had mm. just like a weird thing about it. And do you I remember think, how many days? I think it was about four days. Oh. And I think that's because I had a, yeah. so with, with this birth, I had no drugs. Mm. So I felt everything when I was pushing. I had that that full sensation and it was, you know, a pushing sensation. Mm. So I was a bit triggered, I think. So did you feel like, was there some kind of like, did it, did it make you feel like you were, did you get confused about like, or do you feel like your body was confused about whether you were pooing or whether you were <laughs> actually I, in labour? Okay, so there's this thing called the fetal ejection reflex when you're giving birth and it's your body's natural bear down reflex. So you can't control it. Mm. And so when this kicks in in a physiological birth, you, there's no stopping it. You have to bear down. Your body just does it. Right. This is that classic movie scene. No, don't push it. You need to wait. Oh, I can't. Don't do it. Not to push it. <laughs> 100%. It's real. Oh yeah, right. God. Okay. So, so if anyone ever tells right. you not to push, they're just like kidding themselves. Yeah. That's more just about pacing to try and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Try anyway, Tara. Um, and so I could just... You, you, you never forget... That feeling. It fades. Like, now I don't remember it as viscerally. So this isn't still an issue when you poo? No, I've moved on. I've, I've done my uh, soul work about So the poop this. knife incident was unrelated? The poop knife <laughs> yeah, was unrelated. That was chia seeds working against me. <laughs> <laughs> my digestive system is a complex <laughs> creature. You know what's funny? So, like, some people out there will have come across the poop knife story If they're before. on Reddit. Yeah, and they'll know what we're talking Any Reddit about. readers might know about the and poop knife. And they're going to look for it now, the poop knife. The poop knife. It's a... It's apparently a thing. I I think yeah, I needed it one day. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Oh my god. And so this <laughs> this poo it just really freaked me out. And it's so scary when you you've just <laughs> Oh my god, I can't even I can't even talk. But you got through it. I did. I breathed through it. I I survived. It was actually completely fine. And my uh, vagina did not fall out. And just for digital detail, was it was there was there a lot of poo or was it just like a kind of normal poo? It was just like a regular poo. Yeah, right. But actually a pretty healthy good poo because I'd been uh, eating all those pears. Eating all those pears and yeah, dates right. and still softness. So <laughs> if you had to obviously there's an element there's an element of physiology and there's an element of psychology to it. Oh yeah. If you had to lean one way or the other more, would you say that the the hurdle of the the first poo post birth is more physiological or more psychological in terms of whether it's like actually physically challenging or more mentally challenging? A hundred percent mental. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's so in your head. And it's just because birth is such a physical thing and you remember the feeling mm. of it um quite strongly i think and because it's such a similar action right know, some women really find it hard to um to just to just let go and to trust their body their body because it feels so weird down there for the first couple of days mm. it really does if you've had a vagina birth it is so strange feeling 
in like in that whole area. It just feels different. Yeah, and I feel like for um, <clears throat> I may be completely off the mark on this, but uh, for for people who who haven't or 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 can't have kids or you know partners or or whatever, um, maybe a, a, an an analogy could be if you've ever done like a really really serious workout, worked out really hard in the time when your muscles are recovering, they do feel different mm. and there can be different sensations where you find it like hard to move mm. in a way that you're used to. Because yeah, I recall so. one day after like back when we were hitting jets like all the time, oh, jets. <clears throat> going to try and put my seatbelt on and I couldn't, I couldn't get my hand to lift back <laughs> to my shoulder. I couldn't, I couldn't get my seatbelt. Is that like, is that at all kind of like similar <laughs> in the sense of like, you know, you've, you're, you've had this physical challenge and things just aren't connecting in the way that they, they did before. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that's actually a thing to be aware of as well. There can be nerve stuff going on there as well where your brain doesn't connect um, with the nerves in your pelvic floor and your perineum in the same way. And you have to mm. re- rehabilitate. rehabilitate that connection, Yeah, which is the, that's the beauty of going to a, um, a, physiothera- a women's physiotherapist after your postpartum period, which I suggest to every single client. Even if you just go to the GP and say, I need to see a women's physio, I just had a baby. Yeah. Often they can refer you on and Medicare can often cover at least a portion of it. Mm. If not, give you a number of visits Which covered is by Medicare. A good segue then into um, vaginal care post-birth. Oh, yeah. Because <clears throat> there's, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things. And, you know, you may be in a position where you have, you know, you had... Uh, Quite a, uh, quite a. I'm not going to say clean, but you know, um, quite, quite a, quite a relaxed or relatively comparatively easy birth, and so your vagina, you know, is in is in pretty good nick as far as um, superficial tissue damage, you know, tearing, nicks, scratches, cuts, swelling, things like that. Mm. Or you may have, um, you know, you may have experienced some kind of perineal tear, or there may be just like you know, a, a tear or a scrape or or bruising mm. or just muscular mm. aches. Or an episiotomy, or like <clears throat> yeah, or an episiotomy, yeah. an actual sutured um, wound to take care of. Yeah. So, is, is there some stuff that you know, um, women can do as far as vaginal care goes that will generally be applicable to everyone, and then maybe some specific things depending on things that may or may not have happened? Yeah, yeah. So, um, sits baths are really good. So these are just either just have like a regular bath if you feel comfortable mm. or just having like a little shallow bird bath that you literally just kind of sit in very dainty like a little tub or something little tub um with some either epsom salts or just warm water um would not epsom salts sting like crazy no epsom salts are different i wouldn't go whacking kitchen salt in there right okay um that would be stingy but epsom salts are a bit different um and just yeah, go easy on anything in the water. Just just warm. Clean. You mean like not really adding like products or things? Yeah, not not in the early days. Not in the early how, days. How long would you say is the early days? In the first maybe one to five days. Okay. Some women choose to add some essential oils. Totally up to them. That's a really personal choice with having um, a light dilution of lavender oil maybe in the water. If you're breastfeeding, there's an oil you should avoid. Oh, there's a bunch. Jasmine, jasmine essential right, oil. Right, because that can actually reduce milk. breast production, hey? Yeah. <laughs> so do your research um, for yourselves on or essential oil. Or hire a doula who or can tell you. Or hire a doula who can tell you. I have much information on which oils are good and which are not. Um, but sitz baths can be really, really good because they're gentle, they're 
They keep things clean, uh, but you're not having to use any harsh chemicals. You know, no soaps. Soaps, you shouldn't really use too much soap on your vagina anyway, in general. Mm. Mucks with all of your pH balance. But, um, yeah, avoiding avoiding soap and that sort of thing. Some women get pure witch hazel, Mm. and they spray it into a pad like because you have the the maternity pads because you're kind of bleeding a lot Mm. and so you need to get like the you know like hectic pads um or like you're talking menstrual pads menstrual pads yeah um and you spray them in witch's hazel witch hazel and then you drop like a couple of drops of lavender or like lavender Mm. essential oil um or just witch hazel and aloe vera is a really good one as well assuming you're not allergic to aloe vera assuming you're not allergic obviously um and then you can whack it in the fridge, cool it down a little bit, and then pop it on. It feels great. Mm. My only my only thing with this is don't put it in the freezer and then pop it directly onto your skin. Because if you've had a little graze during childbirth, so there's like a sort of open wound, the, anything frozen will actually stick to it. And that's super not good. Never mm. do that. So... People will say, like, oh, chuck this in the freezer. It's like, actually, no, like, think about that first and think about your situation with what's going on down there. Yeah. Um, but a cold, just, like, in the fridge, that's totally fine. And that can be really nice. Mm. It, it just it helps keep swelling down. So I used, like, um, in the first couple of days, I did actually have some frozen pads that I put a, like, a non-stick, cloth over right like a, a, so like you still got that, that extra cold but it's not going to stick to but you it, it wasn't a direct application yeah um and that was really good to bring down swelling that was really really good hmm. and just having just having jump in the shower a couple of times a day just to keep like warm water will help um it keeps it clean you don't have to worry about it you... what about um like bath soaks or even uh yoni steaming that's a tricky one. Yoni steaming is very controversial. I I think it's personally, I, I think it's fine. Could you if, run us through yoni steaming? Oh, yeah. So yoni steaming is when you sit literally upon a throne and you have some boiling water underneath, not anywhere near your vagina. Lower than your vagina. Lower than your vagina. In a bowl with some herbs, um, essential oils, flower petals, that sort of thing. Um, and you just sit above it without anything on and you just let the steam rise up onto your vagina. Now, obviously, you don't sit too closely so that you're not risking any burns. But it's meant to just bring you know, a herbal healing and antimicrobial, antibacterial properties, I guess. Right. Um, so why is it so controversial then? Oh, well, apparently some doctors are really anti, anti-yoni steaming because they're concerned about bacteria. Um, it's, yeah, really divided camp on that one. Hmm. But if you're using it in a safe, hygienic way and you're keeping things clean and you're using high quality products, there's no reason why you should be concerned about bacteria or anything like that. And it can be quite beneficial, but it's also a nice connection. It can help you connect to that part of your body that you might feel really disconnected from. Yeah, now I do. I, I get the bacteria thing because I do know that there, um, <clears throat> that some, uh, some yoni steaming product people will uh, suggest that one of the ways that you can do this is you can pour your herb and boiling water mix into the toilet bowl. 
and yeah, sit on that. I don't. Now, do not fucking do that. I don't see how that would be Because you shit idea. in it. Yeah. And that's not good. No, you're not supposed to mix poo stuff with no, vagina stuff. No, just don't. Stuff. E- even, even if you've cleaned the toilet, just just don't. No. Get a, a, a stool and a bucket or a bowl or something like that. Yeah. Don't put it in the toilet. No. Also because, you know, and, and, and not to be... Um, I watched that. Is you worth it? One, is it L'Oreal? Because you're worth it. Because you're worth it. Yeah, not to be probably trademark infringement now. Anyway, <laughs> sorry L'Oreal. Uh, not to not to be L'Oreal about it, but you're worth more than steaming your yoni, your which is a Sanskrit word for vagina, over a toilet where yeah. you you know where you defecate. You drop your little yeah, make crap it a bit in there. Yeah. nicer for yourself. You know, mm. some 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 self love, some self care. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 Okay. What about um? What about like bath soaks? Because I know that you actually um uh, put together like bath soak yeah. things. Can you tell us about that and what that's for? Yeah. So with my clients, I have a mix of um uh calendula and rose petals and lavender. It's so nice. It smells so good. And I brew that up like a tea, mm-hmm. and it's really potent. And then I pour it through the bath with some frankincense oil and geranium oil. There's really high quality essential oils. Just a yeah. little bit. This is really good for your skin out there, especially so geranium. So good for your skin. And I think frankincense is one of those ones that are actually specifically good for sexual organs. Yes. And particularly good for afterbirth. Uh, literally, like, the Jew, Jewish culture mm. used it. That's what they brought to baby Jesus. Frankincense and myrrh. Oh my God, was the frankincense actually for mum? It's for mum and baby. <gasps> My Completely changing the whole three kings thing. So one of those kings was like <laughs> doing some care for Mary. Well, yeah. I mean, it was for the whole mother and yeah, child right. togetherness thing. Crazy. Yeah. And so um, I mix all of that up and I get mum to have a bath. And it is amazing. And so I hold the baby or I put baby with uh, the partner and they can have skin to skin. And mum can just sit in the bath. And it's so cleansing and grounding and warming and cleansing. It's awesome. Is it cleansing? It's cleansing. Did I mention that it's cleansing? <laughs> 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 so that's really good. And you can do that if you've had a C-section. Once you've been cleared for a bath and the scar is uh, closed, that's totally fine. And after a vaginal birth, obviously, it's fine because it's all natural. There's no mm. nothing that's going to sting or anything like that. And this and product can... and others are available through Sherry the Doula on Instagram. Yes, they are. You can purchase them. I sell them in a little pack. And the good thing about these ones is that you can brew them. So you brew them like a tea. So you're not chucking um, a whole bunch flower of petals then. into your bath. Because then you get stuck in your vagina. Well, well, that's true. They can. And also, they dirty your bath up. And then yeah, you don't clean your bath. Up. Or they clog up your drain. And then your poor plumber has to come out and fix your bathroom. Yeah, like, what's the go with this? And... You're like, like, well, those are my vagina flowers, soz. It's my vagina tea. Yeah, it's just not going to work. So I, I brew it instead. And right, and then you strain really it in nice. and chuck it in. Yeah, and then they can compost their petals. Yeah. Oh. Now, speaking of herbs, I do want to have... Um, yeah, this, <clears throat> this one actually may get us in trouble, but I want to have a shout-out against uh, something. So there's... I a... love almost getting <clears throat> in trouble. It's kind of fun. <laughs> This is why there, we do this. Yeah. So, and this will kind of lead into our next topic, which is sex after birth. Hooray! Uh, but there is a product out there. Actually, there's there's two that I want to, um, and and I'll say as well before I get into it. If you use these products, this is not a criticism of you at all. I'm more criticizing how these products have been pushed and marketed, and the complete lack 
of of testing um, that's gone into them. Uh, but there's one which is called the, the Ceres One, C-E-R-E-S, if you want to Google it, which of course not everyone will. Uh, and another which I think they're, they're called Yoni Pearls, I'm pretty sure. And they're similar uh, intention, but not the same product. So I'll talk about the, the Yoni Pearls first. What they are is they're a tiny little pouch. Uh, I don't actually know what the fabric is made of. I'm assuming maybe let's call it hemp or cotton or, or, or linen maybe. Uh, with um, uh, dried herbs, kind of like a not, not a poultice because a poultice is wet, but dried herbs kind of stuffed inside them. And the idea of these yoni pearls is you are supposed to insert them into your vagina, and the uh, the herbs are supposed to be uh, antibacterial. They're supposed to be cleansing and grounding. I'm I can't quite remember, but there's probably some sort of you know, vibrational energy sort of uh, idea attached to them if that's something that um, is part of your spiritual practice. Um, <clears throat> but but also uh, one of the things that they're supposed to do is tighten up the vaginal canal, um, you, know, you, you know, help your muscles to to contract and come back together after, after birth. Um, and they're similar in style to the, the Ceres wand, which um, if you can imagine basically a dildo made out of herbs. So what it is, is, is incredibly finely uh, ground and powdered herbs, uh, different oils, uh, and um, I'm pretty sure there's like some incense or something in there, but basically just it's a big stick of herbs, uh, shaped, compressed, and packed into a dildo shape, which you are once again supposed to insert into the vagina and leave in there for a while. Um, and I think the idea behind the Ceres wand and the Yoni Pearls is really, really similar. It's about, um, vaginal health, but also it is particularly framed towards, uh, women who feel like they need to make their vaginas tighter. Um, now the, now the criticism I have of this is largely about the health risks of it. I would strongly advocate, I'm, I, I'm aware I'm a guy and I don't have a vagina, but there are some things that are common sense. I would strongly advocate against putting any kind of porous material into your vagina or into any of body bodily orifice for the simple reason that porous materials absorb things. And one of the things that porous materials absorb is bacteria. So having something like a little bag of herbs, which is wrapped in linen or cotton or whatever, or this, this dry, porous stick of herbs is a fantastic way for bacteria to get a free ride into your vagina. Now, if you have had a vaginal birth, there's quite likely going to be some micro tears, micro abrasions, micro cuts, basically tiny exposed wounds. So you're giving bacteria a free ride into a wounded area of your body which we all know from childhood is a terrible idea. Yeah. So <clears throat> I have to say, please be cautious about something like that. If mm. you have recently had a vaginal birth, uh, just because of that risk of bacterial infection. Now, there's no judgment on anyone who's used it or, or, or is using it or um, the, the people who are making it, but there is just, there's got to be that caution there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because, yeah, it's just, there, there is a health risk if you have... Yeah. had any kind of trauma there such as from birth yeah and i think in this early early times postpartum maybe just keep it to your own body parts yeah and the, and the, the <laughs> other know? thing is like you don't you don't know what you're going to have a reaction to 
yeah. as well. And so, like, essential oils in particular can, you can have a lot of, um, like, uh, bodily reactions to. Yeah, they're um, quite potent. Yeah, so it is just worth being cautious about that. So I just wanted to, I guess, shout out against those two products. Yeah, 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 I see that. <clears throat> which is not normally what we go for. We try not to be critical <clears throat> of many things, but that was just a, a health concern to, yeah. to point out there. Which leads on to the last thing we're going to talk about. We should probably split this into two episodes, I think. Oh my gosh, we've already split. This episode is so long. Yeah, anyway, we'll work that <laughs> out. Uh, which is sex after birth. Yeah. And specifically, the six-week rule. Yeah. So, what's the six-week rule? Okay, and why is it so done? when you go to the doctor for your six-week checkup, now this is normal protocol in the Australian health system. And optional. Very optional. Uh, but it is, you know... You, you booked in at six weeks uh, to obviously check on your baby, but it's also for the mother to check on their well-being um, and check on their physical healing process as well. So As well as emotional and mental and emotion, health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's to the whole spectrum. Uh, there's room for improvement, and I will do a podcast on this. But, um, yeah, they'll often check. Internally, they'll, they'll offer to do an internal check um, of your vagina or if you had a C-section, they'll offer to do a, a scar check and make sure that everything's okay. Everything's healing up, you mean? Everything's healing up. Mm. Generally speaking, at this appointment, if all is going well, the doctor will usually say something along the lines of, you're six weeks postpartum now, so you're all good to go for sex or something like that. Um. And this is generally the recommended timeline, I suppose, of when it's, I guess, safe to venture back into intercourse after a baby. It's also the point at which uh, media will say all the guys go, yeah, woo, finally, oh mm-hmm. my God, it's been so long. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, for, I'm sure for, for, for some people that is the story. They go, wow, you know, six weeks has been a long time. Um, and for some people, that's not the case. So yeah. So the six week, <clears throat> the six week rule. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the doctor has said, "All right, you're 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 fine to have sex at that point." Mm. What if you don't want to? Yeah. So this is a really big topic, right? So I, I always say, with venturing back into sex, it's a really big thing that definitely you should talk about before you have a baby. So there's mm. a little bit of foundational language there to begin with, but. Um, The biggest thing with this is have sex when you're ready. And it's okay if you're not ready. And it's okay if you're ready way before then. Like any time that you're ready is actually okay. Or way later. Way later. Or the partner might not be ready. Like this needs to be a general, this needs to be a general conversation that you have with each other that evolves as you go along. Um, and I think it will ebb and flow throughout that postpartum period, that first sort of, you know, one to 12 months after having a baby. Your sex life will really ebb and flow, I think, generally mm. speaking. Um, and this needs to be an open conversation with the both of you as a partnership. Yeah, because I think there's this, there's this kind of perception, there's this story that at the six-week mark, it's like, all right. And, and, and this story is typically framed around... A heterosexual couples, uh, a a male and a female, mm. and it's you know the at, at six weeks you know the 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 guy is is desperate for sex, so all right fine and the and and the woman's like oh okay it's been six weeks I you're right you know I have to relent now, 
Um, mm. But for 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 any relationship, for any partners and and any any people who've given birth of any sexuality and any gender, as always, sex is your call. And it is when and what you are comfortable with. Yeah. The six-week rule is absolute bullshit. It's just a, a recommended time frame within which you avoid penetrative sex because that gives... Basically, basically it's like the law of averages suggests at that point, pretty much everyone will have healed from most, uh, most damage or injury that can have been caused through vaginal birth or through a cesarean. Yeah. So it's just, it's kind of like a minimum recommended waiting time. It is not when you should start having sex. Because there is no should when it comes to sex. No. There is what you want and what you don't want. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And sex can look different as well. Like it doesn't have, like, coming back into it, and and this is something I I speak about with my clients because I talk about everything. Um. And I encourage them to go away and to talk about what intimacy looks like for them. Because intimacy doesn't have to be penetrative sex. No, it doesn't. You know, there are so many other things within that realm that you can explore and start off with. Um, Ear sex. Ear sex. (laughs) Belly button sex. Um, No, I'm kidding. Uh, Well, yeah, I I mean, I've never personally tried it, but like, you know, all good. Next episode. Um, and you know, that can look really different for different people. And so there's, you know, I even have a, a little list handout thing that has suggestions on ways that you can show intimacy that don't necessarily involve penetrative sex. It can be Mm. holding hands and making eye contact. It can be learning each other's love languages and using words of affirmation. Making out. It can be making out. Dry humping. Dry humping. a lot of that. Yeah, it can be just generally being close to each other and spooning and and you know taking your clothes off it for some couples it might be you know lights off vanilla sex with missionary style and that's okay if that's what helps you you know because obviously some women they feel like their bodies are really different after after childbirth sometimes that can be the way that they warm into it everyone's journey is going to look so different and it's also like like the opposite end of the spectrum it's also actually okay to say you know what i feel amazing i feel i feel great yeah let's do it let's bang there is no there's no there is just just isn't any should there's because no everybody's story is going to be so different. Everybody's body is so different. Everybody's experience. libido and experience. It's yeah. all so different. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, we really need to wrap this up because we've gone way too long. But And I think we should probably talk about this in more depth later yes. on as far as, you know, like, um, I guess, healthful and, and, and safe and, and, and joyful ways to re-engage yeah. with sexuality in general. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You know, when you, when you had a baby or, or have kids. <laughs> um, I'm excited but for that really, episode. Yeah, yeah. Woo. We did, yeah. We learned, we learned a lot. Our sex life is so much better since having kids. Oh, man, we have before. learned so like, much. Like, crazy. It's so crazy much. how much better it is. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk more about our amazing sex life another time. Um, <laughs> just we <laughs> to do that. Yeah, well, it's like it's good community. Anyway, yeah. No, we cool. can't get into yeah, it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, But it really is just what you and your sexual partner are comfortable with. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the should. You should be happy. Don't let a doctor tell you what to do with your 
sexy parts. Yeah, you should just be doing or not doing whatever makes you happy and makes you comfortable. Yeah. There is no, there is no must. There's no rule. It's just up to you. Yeah. Just communicate. Communication. Um, <clears throat> it's like key. Yeah, and we'll t- and we'll, yeah, we definitely will talk more about this and how like you know you're kind of like I guess your sexual paths can get remapped and how to regain some of that stuff that you feel like you might have lost, particularly when it comes to like like um, breast stimulation, um, which you can kind of get burned out through breastfeeding if you do breastfeed. Yeah, that's huge. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll talk more about that. Uh, but I have to say thank you so much for tuning in with us. I dearly hope that you've stuck it out. Uh, to the end of this marathon episode, or probably part two, as I think we'll, we'll make it I think it we're going to have to parts. split this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for tuning in with us again, and uh, we'll see you for our next episode, which I don't know what it's going to be about. What's our next episode? Do we know? I don't know. It'll be something about um, pre-birth, because I think that's the pattern we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to try and, you... and do a pre-birth, birth, and post-birth episode in that order, and then roll back through. Yeah. And if you have anything you want us to talk about, send it through on Instagram, at Sherry the Doula. Um, yes, and you have an email as well. People can send stuff through to oh, if they yeah. don't have Instagram. Yeah, it's your, it's your uh, email. SherryTheDoula at gmail.com. Lots of Sherry the Doulas around. Yeah, and but, also you yeah. can find more information on www.sherrythedoula.com. Yes, yes, you can. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah, any final words? Uh, no, no, I'm all good. Thanks, dear listeners, for for listening, and we'll be back shortly with another installment of Sherry the Doula. I'm Sherry. This is Josh. Sick. Bye-bye. Bye.